I'm Shoff S. Shoffman, Esquire. And I'm Rob, Wonder Rob, Robert. But together, we are Geek So To Speak Podcast. Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our inner geek. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geek speak. I hear you, Rob. My geek speak has crazy tech. We move of Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek News All Day! We're gamers too! We play for fun! I'm Trekkie Proud! Phasers to stand! Film and TV! Our force is strong! Geek So To Speak! Where you belong! Geek So To Speak! 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 Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another totally non, non non heinous episode of Geek So To Speak <laughs> podcast, your source for all things geek. I had to do a little mental math on how many non non nons I needed for the heinous, but I think I got it right. Corrections department, <laughs> keep me updated on that. <laughs> Welcome back, fellow geeks. Thanks for joining us. Once again, we're glad to have you back. We are your number one podcast for all things geek. We're talking geek news. We're talking movies. We're talking TV shows. We're talking video games. We're talking comic books. We're talking collectibles. We're talking trailers. We're talking everything in between. And this episode is no exception. Before I go any further, though, I would be remiss if I did not introduce my best friend in the whole wide world, my co-host... My yin to my yang, or you know what? I might even go my bill to my Ted. Oh. But before I even say your name, don't even, I'm not going to tell you who my co host is yet. This is for the new listeners. I don't think I introduced myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Wonder Rob, your co host for Geek So to Speak, coming at you live. Well, semi live from Southern California. And then now I can get back into it on the line with me, the yin to my yang, Shaf. How's it going, Shaw? <laughs> Station. <laughs> <laughs> totally excellent alien, but <laughs> it's a little uh, a little hint. So that's uh, right. <laughs> this week, uh, we 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 struck gold in terms of an idea. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, we had a story on Bill and Ted three, and. A shocking twist, everybody. Uh, It came to fruition that, turns out, Shoff, our co-host, has not seen Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It was a most heinous realization and revelation. (laughs) I couldn't believe it because I've talked about Bill and Ted's bogus journey several times on this show, made several (laughs) references, and Shoff did the thing where he laughs but doesn't elaborate (laughs) on the jokes that I'm making. (laughs) And it never clicked until I finally got him to admit that he's never actually seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. (laughs) So our main discussion this week, I'm going to call it a new segment. I'm calling it 
Movies Shoff missed. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh, but of course, you know we've got all the latest and greatest geek news. We've got tons, tons, tons of things to talk about this week. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let me remind you, if this is uh, your first time listening... Uh, do us a personal favor. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever. It don't make a difference to us. Just hit subscribe. And if it gives you the option to give us a rating like Apple Podcasts, for example, uh, do us a second personal favor. Go ahead and hit that five-star rating. You know you can do it within your app. You don't even have to go to your computer, you guys. Just give us five star. Type up a little thing like, uh, they are a most excellent podcast. Uh, you can even <laughs> type in the, uh, the, the air guitar riff if you really want. And if you do, I'm not going to spoil it, but longtime listeners know, we will give you an extra special shout out on the show. And that's all I'm going to say. But it will be extra special. Uh, you would be hard pressed to miss it. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. It um, would be a totally resplendent thing. To oh, man. <laughs> uh, and for our loyal, long-time listeners, thanks for coming back. We appreciate you, the Geek Nation! Something <laughs> I just came up with. Uh, but thanks. Thanks so much for listening. But before we get into all the latest and greatest geek news, and before we get into our discussion on Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but mainly Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, we like to catch up, even though, uh, you know, we talk to each other pretty much every day. We're best friends, but we still like to catch up on the podcast on all the weekly comings and goings. So, Shaf, how have you been, man? Dude, it's been a long, short week. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it is, and I know it's probably no exception for you either. We both oh, had some, some long weeks. Oh, trust me. I got a lot to say this week. Yeah. Um, now with it, it's definitely been a very stressful, busy work week, but even though we had the holiday on, on Monday, so that was something. But what I will say is this, I did get a chance to finally crack into some video games. <laughs> what are you even playing? So, um, I was playing a little bit of Kingdom Hearts three. Oh my goodness. Okay. On the PS4, I was playing a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the PS4. Okay. I uh, played some Luigi's Mansion 3 on Nintendo Switch. Got got cracking back into that because I had stopped for a while. Of course, I think I was playing it pretty actively until Animal Crossing <laughs> came out. And then I was like, uh, Luigi who? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I... I I uh, dug back and started playing some of that, which was a lot of fun. And then today, today, okay, Wonder Rock. Got something new for me? I do. I do. Uh, my uh, significant other, SSG, as we lovingly refer to her as, um, I would tell you what that stands for, but that would give away her first and last name. So uh, we're just going to call her SSG. But anyways, <laughs> I my, think my actually beautiful... you might have said what it stands for in like... 
a long time ago episode R- around when you first met SSG. I think you might have explained what that meant, <laughs> or at least partially. That's true. That's so true. we'll you know just what? say Maybe go- going forward. Her her other nickname, and this is actually let's go. Well, going forward, let's call her this Sarah G Wiz. Sarah G Wiz. Oh man, let's see if we can remember that. All right. So Sarah G Wiz and I um, were hanging out, of course, as we do. Uh, she's due in five weeks. Uh, uh, we have a baby girl on the way. Ooh, it's happening. It's happening. And, uh, and we, I was talking with her about Animal Crossing, and she was asking me, she was saying, is there a way for me to, to play Animal Crossing? And I was like, why, yes, there is. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I have the as technology. As a matter of fact. You absolutely can, Sarah G. Wiz. Um, so the only thing I wasn't sure about was how it works. Like, does she get her own island, or does she have to? Does she have to live on Kutubuku, which is my island, which is Indonesian for geek? For those that don't know, um, turns out she creates her her uh, thing. She gets her in, in her Nintendo account all built, and then she can come live on my island. And she actually gets a tent. And she gets to place it on the island, so now she physically has a location on my island that she lives. Okay. All right. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, dang. So in addition to the villagers that come and live on your island, you can have other accounts that are tied to your Switch account that would also add other houses. Hmm. All right. pretty sweet. But you can't play simultaneously. That's true, and that is a downside. Uh, The other thing is I can't really like I can't um, obviously I wouldn't have any way to invite her to my island right but like I also don't think that there's a way for me to send her anything Mm. because in order to visit in order for someone to be your friend on Animal Crossing don't you have to visit their island yeah but I believe if you go to the mailbox it says you know send send a letter you can send a letter to your future self you can send a, a letter to island residents or a friend so if she oh, is technically an island resident, I think you can send her stuff. That might be right. Okay, that's a good point. What I did instead, because I didn't see it as an option, I wasn't thinking about island residents, but that makes more sense. I uh, just dropped a bunch of stuff right outside her tent. <laughs> Here you go. I was like, here's some bells. Uh, you can pay off your, your mortgage. Here's some tools for you. <laughs> here's some here's turnips. Some stones. Here's, yeah, here's some turnips. Uh, gave her all the things she's going to need to get get started. And uh, I fully anticipate that while we're recording this podcast, after she comes back from the grocery store, she is going to queue up her this island and she's going to be playing. Oh, man. I was real curious how you guys were going to do it. I said either Shop is going to demo his island and start from scratch <laughs> or she's going to be a resident and you'll have to you'll have to walk her through the paces like you'll have to help her out. Oh, I don't mind showing her the ropes. I've got 140 hours built into this game. There's no way I'm just starting over. 140 hours? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I got 160, but you know, we're not it's not a contest. <laughs> Size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Time is a construct, my friend. That's right. That's right. So, but anyways, it's uh it's a really cool concept to have the ability to play uh, a game that we both share. Uh, it was kind of funny. She was interacting with stuff on my island. She was like, "Oh, look at this camp uh, this campfire that was on the beach. I had placed it there." <laughs> 
Whoa. <laughs> and she she picked it up. She took it. <laughs> uh, she's this. like, she's shaking trees that I've got purposely placed as like a decorative tree with the fruit already like ready to go. And she's shaking the, the fruit off the tree. And it's in a spot where it's the fruit's not going to grow back now. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, oh, this might have been, this might be backfiring. I don't know. <laughs> when you designed your island, you weren't anticipating your significant other moving in. Right. I was like, you could move into my house. And then I was thinking, oh, she's going to take all my stuff. So <laughs> Just like real life. That's how it goes. So that's how it goes, man. So she's she uh, placed her, her tent right next to my house. So now we're neighbors. Uh, so first thing she did was uh, she decided to try to take my pool. And I was like, no, we can share the pool, but you can't take the pool. So I had to, had to lay down some island ground rules here. So <laughs> what's mine is yours, but not what's mine is yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's just but, leave it at that. Right. But <laughs> I think that, I think she's going to have a lot of fun. I think it's a great way to kind of just uh, chill and spend some time. She found out she's got some other friends that she knows that also have the game. And so she, I already made sure that she set up her friend list. So she's got those people all hooked up and ready to go and they play Animal Crossing. So I think uh, I may have created a monster, a video game it. monster. I love it. I can't wait to hear the further adventures of Shaf and uh, uh, Sergi Wiz. Sergi Wiz. I was really racking my brain to remember that <laughs> nickname and I just couldn't. <laughs> oh my uh, god so yeah i mean there's plenty of other stuff that happened this past week but um i would say that was a, a highlight was being able to finally play some video games on the tv screen so that was that was pretty dope all right all right i like it let me tell you about my week shop do it well i also had a three-day weekend just like most people thank you uh fallen uh memorial Heroes. day uh people but in all seriousness, thank you. I was trying to make a joke, but it like crashed and burned when I was like, I probably shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> thank you to all veterans and active duty people. Uh, moving on, I did get the day off, but that did not make my week any easier. That just meant all the work that I would have done on Monday was pushed to Tuesday uh, in tandem with all the work that I would have had to do on Tuesday. <laughs> And so this week uh, has been, I don't want to say a hectic week, but a very, very busy week. As you know, and the loyal listeners know, Shaf, I work in design and engineering. It's the summer. That means I am busy, busy, busy. As a matter of fact, I only just got off work, done with all my daily things that I needed to get done minutes before we started this podcast. Yesterday, I was working from 8 a.m. till about 8.30 at night. It's just, it's busy, man. Not It's not without its rewards, because I've been telling you about it, Shaf. But it has been busy. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend, <laughs> so I can just chill out for a little bit. Uh, but I've been playing a little bit more of uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Shaf. And I'm here to report that I think I might hate it. Really? Now, I know that this is a a very popular, uh, well-reviewed game. As a matter of fact, I put it up on the old Geek, so to speak, uh, Instagram page. I said, what should I play? Should I play Star Wars or should I play The Outer Worlds as my next game? And Star Wars, like, totally demolished The Outer Worlds. Uh, side note, Shaf, we did put up on the Geek, so to speak, Instagram, what game should Shaf be playing next? And 
it was Kingdom Hearts 3 versus Assassin's Creed Origins. And first of all, I'm going to call you out. No voting on polls that pertain to you, Shaw. <laughs> this guy voted on his own poll. Not allowed. Uh, we are a, a geek, so to speak, ocracy. And have to make the rules. That's how it is. Which game did win, by the way? Well, I'm here to report that Kingdom Hearts 3 swept Assassin's Creed 3 big time. Wow. So if you were going to play by the same rules I do, which is you commit to one game until you finish it, on one system, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the one. A lot of weebs voted for that game. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, more power to you guys. If you like Kingdom Hearts 3, that's great. I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2 significantly. I just, I, did, I, I don't know. I wasn't motivated to play Kingdom Hearts 3. So that's that. But anyway, back to Star Wars. So keep in mind, I'm not very far into the game. Like I'm, I'm maybe like two or three hours into the game. But... The reason why I think I'm not enjoying it as much as other games is that it's very linear in terms of you're going down pathways and hallways and you even though the levels are big, like big levels, it's not an open world game, so to speak. So I don't have a lot of freedom to go a lot of places. I'm still on a set path where I can't really do anything outside of the objective, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, And I think after coming off of Red Dead Redemption 2 and then diving immediately into Death Stranding, two big open-world sandbox-style games where I can immediately sort of lose myself into the game and all the million things, go anywhere, do whatever I want, and then switching to a drastically different style game I think is what's throwing me off. Um, I haven't given up on it. Okay. Because I'm only a little, I'm like I said, I'm only a couple hours into it, so I'm not going to like make a total judgment on the game just yet. But with Red Dead Redemption, for example, or Spider-Man or, or Death Stranding, I would finish playing and I would just be like, man, I can't wait to play again i got to find an excuse to get back in front of my TV, but I'm just not having that feeling with this game, man. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. So more to come on that. And you know your boy's been playing Animal Crossing. I can't get away from that game. I'm checking my turnip prices every day, trying to make <laughs> sure I got the high price so I can invite people to my island and make that money. I used the turnip exchange for the first time this week, Shaf. I didn't tell you that. Uh, oh, man. To, to sell my turnips, and it worked out pretty well for me. It's just the thing about it, you know this, because you've used the Turnip Exchange, and you've hosted on the Turnip Exchange, that it's just it's time-consuming in the fact that, okay, I, I, I got in the queue, and now I don't really get to go to the island for like an hour, hour and a half, depending on how many people they're letting on. Can you go shopping on the other stores? You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they're ridiculous requests. You just can't take them up on those dumb things. If they're like, "Yeah, you gotta have ten star fragments. I'm gonna need uh, ten DIY recipes, as well as I'm gonna need um, uh, gold nuggets and also yeah. Nook Miles tickets." 
I couldn't believe some of the things people were asking for <laughs> to go on their island. So also finding some somebody where I'd be like, it's reasonable. Because like, if I'm standing to make, you know, close to 2 million bells in a trip, like, yeah, I'll drop you like 99,000 bells or two, you know, 200,000 bells or something. Like, okay, that's fair, I think. But like, I'm not going to buy 10 Nook Miles tickets to bring you some star fragments and gold chunks. No, 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 that's not happening. So I won't dive into it too much because I, I know we've been talking about Animal Crossing every week since the game came out. So maybe maybe the listeners are tired of listening to Animal Crossing, but it still did consume a lot of my time this week, Shaf. That's for sure. Um, okay, so that's enough of that. That's enough riffraff. What do you say, Shaf, that you and I get into all the latest and greatest geek news? Geek Nude news. All right. So we got a lot to talk about this week, you guys, before we get into the Bill and Ted discussion. So uh, as is tradition on Geek So To Speak podcast, whoever's hosting the episode on any given week, uh, me this week, uh, we like to give the co-host, you, Shaf, the, the first crack, first dibs at Stories to Report. So what do you got for us today, Shaf? Okay. Well, thank you, first of all, for this opportunity. I appreciate it. So today, after I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I had some time to kill. Um, Sarah G. Wiz was sleeping on the couch. She was taking a little nappy poo. And uh, that gave me a little bit of additional time to myself. I decided I was going to watch the season premiere, the season seven premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh. on the ABC website. So, okay. Um, so this is our final season of the show, uh, and it just debuted just like a couple of days ago. I have to say, we're not going to talk about like the goings on of the episode because first of all, that's spoiler territory. And also Wonder Rob does not watch the show. So, yes. But also I have no investment in the show. So if you spoil correct. me, I'm not losing any sleep. <laughs> uh, what I will say, and these are maybe spoilers, but also these would have been revealed in the trailer for the episode, which I did not put out. So it's not a spoiler if I say what's on the trailer. That's your fault for not uh, not watching it. So, uh, but the this season is going to feature time travel. It's going to have a bunch of guest stars, and it's also got a life model decoy version of Phil Coulson. What? Son of Cole. That's right. That's right. So um, this is a pretty exciting season. It's taking place back in the 1930s, uh, New York. So uh, so what I wanted to bring up, what the main story I want to talk about is that just the other day, there was an interview conducted uh, uh, with Deadline, and it featured one of the show producers, which is Jed Whedon, of course, related to Joss Whedon. Um, and the show's producers were asked if they were going to bump into any more of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the final season. So for those that don't know anything about uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it at one point in the show was very much a part of the MCU. And then it sort of ended up a little bit MCU adjacent. And it's sort of continued to go a little bit off the rails and do its own thing. The reason why I say that is because it veered away from the movie storyline back in season five because the, the agents never really addressed the, the Thanos snap 
Mm -hmm. Although the final episode of that season did mention Thanos's initial attack on Earth. So the snap has yet to happen on the show. We're guessing it's maybe in a parallel universe of some kind is what we're thinking. But uh, Jed Whedon did say this. We're going to bump into something. Yeah, we'll bump into something. He added with a laugh. Something will definitely happen. Um, now, while certainly that's not a confirmation that the series will end up tying in to the most recent Marvel movies, it's sort of an intriguing thought because this show is coming to an end. So where will it go from here? Will we see characters end up on Disney plus TV shows or will we see them in movies going forward? Who knows? But, um, Whedon also said this part of making a show is a puzzle and part of it is the game is a game and you're working with people that you've known for a long time to try and create something good. Then when you come to the end, there's a bit of pressure and you want to get that right here. I think it's safe to say for all of us that we feel like the audience will feel the same thing. We wanted them to feel in the end and we'll feel satisfied with the ending. I also think that the emotion of having a last season and knowing the end is heavy. I think that carries into the episodes and carries into the storyline and performances and all of it. So we're happy with it and we're actually happy to revisit it as we watch it because we finished it a while ago. <laughs> hmm. So this has been done for quite some time. Uh, we know that agent, uh, a character from agent Carter is going to be on the show this season because it takes place in the past, right around the time of the formation of shield. Um, Patton Oswalt is back reprising, uh, a generational version of his character that he tends to appear in multiple times on the show. So if you're interested in watching agents of shield and maybe you're behind, you can always check it out on Hulu. But if you're looking at watching the first episode of the new season, check it out on the ABC website. It airs on Wednesday nights at 10 PM Eastern time. Ooh, you'll have to let me know listeners how that goes. Cause it's too much for me. <laughs> too too much of a, a good thing i think for me although maybe i will maybe we'll see maybe we'll uh, make a new segment rob finally watches agents of shield <laughs> there's so many new segments we'll get there that's why we're an ever-growing uh ever ever adjusting podcast ever evolving podcast Love so it. you never know shop you never know uh Let's move on to the next story. This actually relates to the big story from last week, Shaf, where it was revealed the bombshell that we are, in fact, getting a Schneider cut, a Rob Schneider cut, where Rob Schneider <laughs> plays Superman of Justice League. Justice League male gigolo. <laughs> the Flash, Flasherino, <laughs> running fast all the time, Flashman. <laughs> Deleting mustaches. <laughs> Delete Reno. Cyborg. Half man, half robot. Anyway, <laughs> we could probably <laughs> keep this bit going all day. Um, well, it has been uh, revealed by Warner Media chairman and HBO Max uh, head Bob Greenblatt that the infamous uh, Justice League Schneider cut does not actually exist. Uh, but it's something that they are making happen, Shav. So it's not its not a cut of the movie that's just sitting in a warehouse right now, just waiting to see the light of day. It's not something that's physically been made. So that's one thing that we have to keep in mind. But in a new interview, uh, HBO head Bob Gubla. Gubla. <laughs> Bublia, uh suggests that it'll be much 
more than that to actually complete it, and more than that, I mean just going into the the, the attic and getting the the cut. Uh, he calls this a, a new version, a radical rethinking of that movie, and will be wildly expensive. <laughs> We love it. Uh, he went on to say, and this is a quote from him, it's been months of discussions with Zach and the producers to figure out how to do it. Because it isn't as easy as just going into the vault and there's a Snyder Cut sitting there to pull out. It does not exist. Zach is actually building it and it is complex, including, and I don't want to get too much into detail that we haven't already talked about yet, but new effects shots, a radical rethinking of the movie, and it's complicated and wildly expensive. Of course, a number I won't quote, let's just say 30 million, an enormous undertaking and very complex. Now, a few days ago, Shaw, a report made the rounds claiming that there would be no reshoots for this movie uh, with Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, uh, the internet's uh, favorite person in the world, Ezra Miller and Ray Fisher. Uh, but according to The Wrap, it said HBO Max would give Schneider cash for the post-production, the special effects, the scoring, and ADR, but no reshoots of any kind of this movie, which I'm going to tell you, Shav, I don't know how much I believe that based on another story that we have this week. Um, but Greenblatt, uh, has essentially said that the company is spending more than they originally thought to bring this version across to the finish line. Did that sentence sound right? More <laughs> than it originally thought to bring this version across the finish line. Uh, could reshoots be in the card after all? Who knows? But I think so. Again, based on a story that we're going to talk about in a minute, um, Turns out discussions about this movie shop began in fall of 2019 and took so long that they finally hammered out all the details last week. And they put out the news as quickly as possible, of course. Uh, he went on to say, we've been trying very hard to be able to announce it before the launch of HBO Max because we knew it would be very well received. And, well, it was. <laughs> so, what do you think of that, Shaf? It's not something that actually exists. It never did. But they're making it exist. Well, it seems kind of contradictory because Zack Snyder has talked multiple times about how he's got the footage, he's got the cut. Like, it might not be, like, from start to finish. Like, it probably needs some polish. But it certainly sounded like it was more together than than this guy is saying, than Greenblatt is saying it is. Well, I think what he means when he says it's not a thing, that it's not a finished product, I think is what yeah. he means. It's not that's something that's statement. just waiting to be released. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair statement. Now, um, I'm if Warner Brothers wants to throw 30 plus million dollars at this project to get it right <laughs> or as right as it's going to get, I'm all for it. It's their money, not mine. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, I'll suffer through it again. And uh, and if all I have to worry about is signing up for a free trial once the thing debuts on HBO Max so I can enjoy it or by chance borrow your account, yeah, <laughs> then uh, so be it. Uh, it's no it's no skin off my uh, Man of Steel ass. Um, oh, so I'm all for it. Now we have another story sort of in tandem with this one to Rob. But before we do, did you have any additional opinions on, on whether or not this is a good idea? So, I mean, I'm going to watch it. 
It's yeah. intriguing enough to me that I'll watch it because I didn't hate the Justice League exactly, but it wasn't really great. And again, that's just my opinion. It did have some moments. I liked Batman. I liked The Flash. Especially like the Superman slow-mo scene with the Flash. But yeah, it was a little disjointed and it was a little all over the place sometimes. Uh, Aquaman going, my man. Who could forget that <laughs> sweet line? Um, so I'm, I'm at the very least interested to see what they come up with for this. What, what I don't like is that it's causing other geek movies that were really bad and those directors to sort of be like, hey, are you going to put out a, a cut of your movie? David Ayer with Suicide Squad. Josh Trank is being asked about Fantastic Four. Oh, God. Trank cut. Like No, thanks. It's like, <laughs> just because we get one to work doesn't mean we should be fixing all the shitty movies. They're shitty, and sometimes you're not going to be able to fix that. Um, yeah. And here's a- my other thing about Zack Snyder is this. And I, I said this in our Facebook messenger group between myself, you and uh, geek, so to speak contributor, Darth Vibbert, who is our corrections department. Um, I said, Zach clearly just needs more time than a typical movie length in order to effectively tell his stories. Uh, give him a two hour movie time limit and it's garbage. <laughs> give him three hours. It's a decent movie. Give him four hours and 30 plus million dollars and you've got yourself a really decent and pleasantly mediocre movie. So <laughs> that's what we have to look forward to with Justice League, the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut. <laughs> now, um, in line with this story is another story that just came out the other day. This one particularly uh, focused on Henry Cavill and his iteration of Superman. So... Uh, the last time that we saw Henry Cavill, he was uh, in Justice League back in 2017. He has mm-hmm. not reprised the role of Superman since. And there was even rumors circulating back in 2018 that he had exited the, the DCEU, that there was not going to be any more of him playing Superman. Now, there was in Shazam, uh, which came out, I believe, in 2018, uh, that had a uh, cameo um of Superman, but it wasn't played by him. It was, uh, just a, a shot from like the, the tits down of Superman. So you didn't have to see his face. Uh, it was a stand in, so we didn't have to worry about that. But as far as the most recent news, sources close to deadline say there are no current plans for a man of steel two, but Superman will feature in a few potential ways. So no standalone movie, but he could pop up in something like black Adam or mm-hmm. Aquaman 2. Uh, they do not expect him to appear in the Batman, which doesn't necessarily lend itself to the shared universe idea. It kind of seems like its own thing. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman 1984. That was already wrapped, just like the Suicide Squad is already wrapped, so it's unlikely that he's going to be involved with that. <laughs> we but know he's not involved. Th- oh, oh, let me, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but so, it's somebody dear near to... Uh, Geek, so to speak, uh, our geek, so to speak, contributor Darth Vibbert has already seen the movie, and I let him spoil it for me. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Tell me what happened. What movie? Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, that's right. So but he I'm, did see an early cut, which didn't have completed uh, graphics, so things could have changed. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe he'll show up in that. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
But if if you question him about that, he'll say that didn't happen. Oh, that's true. That it's supposed to be a secret that he saw that movie. <laughs> and he's not supposed to tell anybody. That's okay. He's going to be so pissed Warner at Brothers him. ain't listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, what we can expect is there are really solid rumors pointing to the return of Superman in the DCEU. So with Henry Cavill not rocking a mustache for it. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Well, here's the thing. That sort of leads back into what I was saying before. I bet dollars to donuts that when they're talking about Justice League, the Snyder Cuts having having no celebrity reshoots, but all of a sudden Henry Cavill's talking about being Superman again, you put that together, shop. Yeah. They're liars. I mean, 30 million plus is a lot of money. Like, if that's just going to visual effects, uh, you sure it's not going for a little extra salary cost? Yeah, you could, <laughs> you could toss a cool mill at Ben Affleck, get him in that costume for a day, get uh, <laughs> get Henry Cavill back in there. Nobody wants Ezra Miller anymore. He's uh, He's been canceled. But all the other people, maybe. So we'll see. We'll see, Shaf. <laughs> We will see. So let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about the Merc with a mouth. <laughs> Shaf. Everybody's favorite anti-hero. The youths love him. Deadpool. You love him. I love him. Everybody loves him. Well. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot. I don't want to say drama necessarily, but there, somebody has been stirring the pot. A lot lately when it comes to Deadpool, and that is Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool. Now, most recently, Shaf, uh, this guy throws shade at Disneyland, so to speak, with a dead Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I've seen this, it's terrible. Yes, so on his Instagram story, this was just a, a few days ago, he shared an image of Ryan Reynolds' uh, version of Deadpool clutching a pistol in his hand and holding a dead Mickey Mouse by his tail in his other hand with a nice bullet hole in Mickey Mouse's head, blood dripping down and uh, walking away from explosions. Now, this, of course, is a follow-up to Liefeld's criticism of Marvel Studios over the quote-unquote lack of plans for Deadpool in Marvel's Phase 4 of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which, first of all, Phase 4 has been planned out way before this this merger even happened. <laughs> which is why we're not seeing the X-Men also, or Fantastic Four or anything else related to that at all in Phase 4. So I don't know why Rob Liefeld is just po like focusing on Deadpool for whatever reason. I mean, maybe they can put him in a cameo and like an end credit scene in a future movie, but for the most part, Phase 4 has been planned out for quite a while. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing. So I'm going to give you a, a little uh, history lesson here, Shaf. So earlier this month, Liefeld uh, said that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has, quote, zero plans for Deadpool and that he cannot be excited for a possible project several years down the road. In a subsequent interview, he also offered a bit of clarification. He said, quote, 
Regardless of whatever inside perspective I may have, what I know is that until a movie is put on the schedule, it's not taken seriously. And what people don't like is that I have assessed the schedule for the next give or take five years, and I don't see Deadpool on it, so I don't see that it can arrive earlier than that. Wow. Give this guy the the world's greatest detective award for (laughs) coming to the conclusion that everybody already knew. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has confirmed that a Deadpool 3 is in development under Marvel, uh, but it's unclear, obviously, when it's coming out. But... Rob Liefeld, <laughs> God bless his heart. Um, He's so passionate. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to fault him for being passionate about a character he invented. Fine, that's whatever. But this guy also went on to state that he has insider information about the movies that are on Slate. And he doesn't see Deadpool on it, which I do not believe for a second. Like, let's say Bob Iger's sitting down. Kevin Feige's sitting down, and they're like, okay, let's start planning out the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 4 and beyond. Get, where's Rob? (laughs) We need his input on the Blade movie. Get in here, Rob. What? Obviously, he doesn't work for... (laughs) He doesn't work for Disney. He doesn't work for Marvel Studios. He works for nobody but just the the Marvel comic books. And I use that in a very loose interpretation. I'm not even sure that he's active. Corrections department, you might have to get on that. Um, But regardless of that last point I just made, he clearly has no involvement in Marvel Studios. So I don't know where this guy's coming from where he says he has insider information about what's happening. Meanwhile, we can all see the painting on the wall of what's already been announced and released. And Ryan Reynolds has gone so far as to say that, yeah, he's met with Marvel. Yeah, we're working on a Deadpool movie. Is it going to be under Marvel Studios? Is it going to be under Disney? Is it going to be its own thing like Marvel Knights? Who knows? We want to be able to play in the MCU sandbox, and that's the goal. So, uh... From here on out, take anything you read with a grain of salt from Rob Liefeld. <laughs> and let me tell you, if he was, if uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios weren't already upset with him, uh, him posting a picture of uh, Deadpool killing Mickey Mouse, I'm sure uh, he's probably not going to be a whole heck of a lot involved in the next Deadpool movie. That's right. just a prediction on my part. Not only that, but even if they had to get his approval to use Deadpool. Like even if it was like, he's got some creative control over the character since he was a co-creator of Deadpool, he would have had to have signed a million and a half NDA agreements about it. Yeah. There's no way that he would be allowed to share one way or another, whether or not a Deadpool movie was on the docket for phase four or five or whatever. So he honestly, I think he just likes to be in the public eye. He likes that media attention. And so he throws these tantrums so that he can get back into, hey, remember me? Remember I created Deadpool? I know Deadpool is not part of, I don't own it anymore, but remember me? I, I had a hand in that. He's just he's just really yeah. desperate and yeah. embarrassing, if you ask me. You know, I, I agree. I'm no expert on what Liefeld is up to right now, but I could tell you he's definitely not in the boardroom at Marvel Studios. <laughs> and that's that. All right, what else? What else you got, Shaw? Okay, 
So the last bit of geek news that we have, I think we have a few articles and they all sort of coexist in the video game genre of news. Yes. Or at least the video game industry of sorts. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start things off with uh, some information that we got the other day related to the upcoming expansion to Universal Studios Japan, which has Super Nintendo World. Oh my goodness. So... Pretty cool. On Twitter, not too long ago, there was an aerial photo that was captured by a Japanese photographer, and he got a shot of the park uh, showing the construction and everything else, and he posted it online for all of us to benefit from. And let me tell you, he took a really solid photo. You can see just about everything going on inside the park. So in the photo, you can see the classic Mario transportation tubes, Mm -hmm. and they're leading into different Mario-themed buildings. Uh, There's a structure that looks like it's based on the Mario World 1-1 stages. There's also some uh, pyramids towards the north end of the compound. There's an area with pink columns. It looks kind of like it's probably going to be Princess Peach's castle. And then towards the southwest, there's an ominous castle that looks like it's probably home to Bowser. And uh, this was all based on a partnership that kicked off back in 2017 when Nintendo and Universal Studios Japan announced that they were going to build a new theme park attraction. This is something I know Wonder Rob is jonesing about. You would love to get your grubby hands and legs and arms (laughs) all into that theme park. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, The picture, I'll post it on the Geek So To Speak Instagram. Uh, that way you can take a look at what we're talking about, or you can just do some Googling Super Nintendo World images. Um, it's very condensed. First of all, I'll say it's not nearly as big as I thought it would be, but it's also an aerial view from like hundreds of feet in the air. So that might be adjusting my perspective a little bit, but it's at the very least compact. Like there is so much going on in yeah, this that's picture. True. Like it is, it is crazy. Um, but that's just the outside facade of everything that you can see too. Like in these pictures where the Mario theming ends, there's these giant buildings, uh, which it, I would assume is, is hosting the Mario Kart ride and whatever other rides they have. Um, and obviously show buildings typically aren't decorated. Um, but outside of that, I mean, this thing is, uh, it's like a clusterfuck of Mario smushed together. <laughs> like it's it's hard for me to even like I, I stared at this picture for a while to like really get a grasp of where like me as somebody who's attending this theme park, where I would even be going or not going. It's like there's pathways everywhere, but you, there's no real clear indication on. Oh yeah, I'll be going up to the second floor. I'll be going up to the third floor, or I'll be going up to where that those trees are, or something. But it's it's definitely a lot. <laughs> it's it's a lot, and the theming's on point. I'll give it that. Yeah, there's one thing that to me, and this is what we can't tell right away, is it does kind of look like a lot of it is strictly just for visuals. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't look like you'll be able to interact with very much of the, the environment, like a lot of the trees or yeah, um, exactly the facades. It kind of just seems like it's more just meant to be seen from afar or like above, but nothing you'll be like next to. Exactly. So. That's what I mean. Like it's, there's a lot to look at, but it's to me, it's not very clear on where 
are the attendees going to be versus what's just there for looks. Yeah, exactly. Man, um, now I will something. say <laughs> it does. It definitely. Now this was supposed to be opening summer of 2020 and it was actually supposed to coincide with the Tokyo 2020 summer Olympics. Now the Olympics have been postponed due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So there's no true information yet as to how soon the park will open. It still looks like there's, fair amount to do. It kind of looks like it, there's still plenty under construction. So, uh, summer 2020 could, that's kind of a wide range. It could still be, uh, uh, June, July, August. I mean, we still got plenty of months where things could be going down. Uh, we'll have more information for you as soon as it becomes available. Yes. I can't wait. I probably won't be going to Japan anytime soon, <laughs> right? But when it opens here in Hollywood, I'll probably go and um, on my like bi-yearly excursions to Florida uh, to Disney World. Maybe I'll take a sad trip to the old uh, <laughs> Universal Orlando and give it a shot for sure. That'll that'll be our next theme park outing. Oh yeah, I love it. Okay, so uh, moving on into the world of video game shop, uh, we've got a lot of big news about the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So I'm just gonna sort of just lump these together since it's. A lot of the same stuff. But first, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the PlayStation 5, Shaf. So, uh, barring any major disruptions, of course, Sony is supposed to be hosting its first major PlayStation 5 event this upcoming Wednesday, Shaf. So that means, of course, we'll have a lot to talk about on next episode of Geek, so to speak. Uh, oh, but yeah. on Wednesday, June 3rd. Um Microsoft, obviously, has been sharing news on the Xbox Series X pretty regularly for the past few months, but Sony's been really quiet. Um, they've given a deep dive of their controller, their DualSense controller, uh, but there's obviously still tons we don't know about the PlayStation 5, like what it's going to look like, what it's going to cost, what what's going to be available at launch, and so on. But Venture Beats, uh, Jeff Grubb, says that Sony, quote, seems aware of the backlash that Microsoft faced for its first Xbox 2020 event, which we talked about two episodes ago. And uh, if I remember correctly, your uh, response to that was pretty lackluster, Shaf. Yeah. <laughs> there was not much uh, to be said positively out of Shaf about that event. Um, obviously, it didn't really feature any games from a lot of major studios, and it lacked what they said they were going to deliver, which was gameplay Game footage. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Assassin's Creed Ragnarok uh, mega-hyped gameplay trailer, which was uh, definitely not a gameplay trailer. And I'll just leave it at that. So Sony um, hopefully doesn't make the same mistake. So in a recent episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, shout out to KFGD. <laughs> gaming journalist and former IGN host Alana Pierce uh, shared some previously unknown behind-the-scenes details about Sony's final reveal strategy for the PlayStation 5. She said, Sony has tried to do presentations already this year, and I know this from developers who were supposed to be part of those presentations, uh, but didn't because for some reason somewhere in the Sony hierarchy they were very obsessed with the idea of having a very professional stream rather than something previously recorded. Uh, Sony wasn't willing to host an event without a massive crew and high production value, which left a lot of developers in the lurch that were expecting to have their games shown off much earlier. 
which I, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, if this is true, the fact that Sony has delayed or canceled multiple events over the past few months, uh, essentially, well, we might be getting a lot. <laughs> we might be getting a heck of a lot when it comes to this uh, this presentation next week. So there's there's a lot to look forward to, Shaf. Um, so I'll be waiting with bated breath for this event, and I'm sure you I'm will so be excited. too. Very excited for this event. Yeah, especially since there's just so much unknown, including what the console even looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I've I'm seen, very excited to see all that. I've seen the, uh, the developer's kit, and let me tell you, the developer's kit for the PlayStation 5 is an abomination, and I hope it looks nothing like that. So, fingers crossed. Are you talking about the one that looks like a... a a C, like the letter C that's like lying on its uh, on its side. Yeah, or it's more like a V, I would think. But yeah, we're talking about the same thing. Like, oh, okay. I, I don't, I do not like it. No, sir, I do uh, not like it. All right. Um, it definitely seems like the color scheme is going to be more of like a, a solid white color, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I don't care about the color. I just don't want some weird looking thing. I don't need, remember when the Xbox came out and that thing was a beast? Like, yeah. I don't need another one of those. Just give me a PlayStation Five that looks nice and it is small. That's all I'm all I'm asking for. Um, now, on top of that, Shaf, we did get some Xbox Series X news as well, uh, which I'm really curious about if this uh, affects your your thoughts on it. But something tells me it probably won't. <laughs> uh, so Xbox Series X will launch with thousands of games, Shaw. Thousands of games, but here's the catch. Uh, thousands of enhanced backward compatible games. Oh. <laughs> oh. So in a post on Xbox Wire, uh, Jason Ronald, Director of Program Management of Xbox Series X, shed a little bit of light on this uh, ambitious, quote-unquote, next-gen uh, compatibility plans. Uh, with more than 100,000 hours of playtesting already completed, thousands of games are already playable on the Xbox Series X today, from the biggest blockbusters to cult classics and fan favorites. Many of us at Team Xbox play on Xbox Series X daily. Wow, brag much? Jeez. Uh, as our primary console, switching between generations is seamless. By the time <laughs> we launch this holiday, the team will have spent over 200,000 hours Ensuring your game library is ready for you to jump in immediately. Uh, so before I, I move on, this quote, there's a part, there's a part of this quote that I, I found kind of interesting. Okay. It says, "Many of us in Team Xbox play on the Xbox Series X daily. Many of us, and they they, they choose the Xbox Series X as their primary console. So what they're saying, <laughs> what they're saying is that not everybody." on team Xbox is making the new Xbox their primary console. Does that not alarm you a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's their job to make sure it's great. So I'll just trust their judgment, but that is a little weird. <laughs> I'll give it that. I will, I will, I will at the very least acknowledge you do have a point. Um, so he went on to say, uh, the team was not content just to rely on the increased hardware performance to improve your playing experience. No, no. In partnership with the Xbox Advanced Technology Group, Xbox Series X delivers a new, innovative HDR reconstruction technique, which enables the platform to automatically add HDR support to games. 
As this technique is handled by the platform itself, it allows us to enable HDR with zero impact on the game's performance and we can also apply it to the Xbox 360 and original Xbox titles developed almost 20 years ago. Ooh, shop. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Ronald he also notes that engineers are actually experimenting with doubling the frame rates with games uh, from 30 frames per second titles now running at 60 frames per second and 60 second uh, 60 frames per second games running at 120 frames per second. That's a lot of uh, fusion frenzy. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of brutal let not brutal legend. <laughs> That's not well, I get, okay, I take it back. It would be a lot of Brutal Legend. I'm not even going to continue on with the game I was talking about. Um, the only game I'm interested in playing that's an old game would be The Suffering. Do you remember The Suffering, Shaf? No, I've talked about The Suffering it. a bunch. Uh, a Man is sent I'm not going to pretend like I've, I've played it or watched it before. Like I, <laughs> like I, like Busted! I, do. <laughs> I mean, I don't particularly care. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have not suffered through the suffering. Oh, man, it's a good game. Shout out to anybody who remembers the suffering. Um, I mean, yeah, it's great and all that you can go backwards and play your Xbox One games and your Xbox 360 games and your Xbox games. Me, I don't really w- want to outside of the suffering. Um but that's not like really a huge draw for me. Now, if they did, if they did uh, like their Xbox Game Pass, like they have now, but they did it more of a style like the Nintendo Virtual Console on the Switch, where they're uploading, where Nintendo's uploading original NES games, right? But if Xbox was like, guess what? Halo, the original, uh, Fusion Frenzy, The Suffering for Rob. And just put out some of the original generation Xbox original games for free, just as a download to play, but specifically tailored to the old consoles, like old Xbox games, old Xbox 360 games, and so on. Like that, I I think I would find a little more interesting. But I mean, I'm not I don't own any Xbox games. I don't own any Xbox 360 games. Well, I take that back. I might I have Red Dead Redemption. But outside of that, I mean, I don't have anything. So it's not it's not a big selling point for me. Um, safe to assume it's not a safe selling point for you, Shaf, but you tell me. Well, I just have kind of a... To me, it's weird. So I, I think all systems that are newer systems should be backwards compatible. I don't even think that should be like a selling feature. That should be an expectation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the investment that you place in games... Uh, unless you're changing the format of like the medium, like if you're not using discs anymore or you're not using cartridges, like then you have to rely on a strictly digital like streaming option to download the games in order to play them again. But if you're going to use a disc format again and you want to be able to play that on your, your newer system, they should have that in mind because people know that people love retro gaming, but they also know that the retro gaming consoles don't hold up all the time. They don't last, especially the newer ones. The Xbox one crapped out on me. The Xbox 360 crapped out on me, but yet the super Nintendo, the Nintendo, the N64, the, uh, all of that still works for me. So 
those are like the systems used to be a much greater quality than they are now. So they have to be backwards compatible because the, <laughs> the systems just don't hold up. They're not made at the, the same uh, quality materials anymore. Yeah. So, well, it's a good point. That's a good point. Thank you. That's a good point. I got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Can you milk me? All right. So uh, more to come on the Xbox Series X as we get closer to holiday 2020. And, uh, of course, we'll have all the details of PlayStation's event next week. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot to say about it, just like we had a lot to say about the Xbox Series X 2020 event. Uh, but hopefully it goes a little better for PlayStation. So we will see. So on that note, Shaf, I vote that you and I, we take a quick break. We tell these guys, the listeners, where they can find us on social media. And then when we're done with that, let's get back into the new segment, uh, Movies Shaf Missed, or we'll just call it a Bill and Ted retrospective. But we're going to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Shaf's very first viewing at all of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm dying to hear what you think of this movie. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, gang, it's Wonder Rob again. And Shaf's here, too. We just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at Geek, so to speak, PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Geek, so to speak, podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shock celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geekgasm, oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. And we're back. That's right. We are back. It is time. You have waited. We are going to deliver Bill and Ted's totally awesome, most excellent and bogus retrospective. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I actually, I watched Excellent Adventure on, what was it Monday? On Monday, mm -hmm. Monday night. I watched it with Sarah G. Wiz. Okay. And then just earlier today, I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I watched it alone. And the reason <laughs> I watched it alone is because yesterday I asked Sarah G. Wiz, I was like, hey, um, I, I need to watch this other Bill and Ted movie, the sequel. Um, do you have any interest in watching it with me? Because I didn't want to assume she was going to watch it. But I wanted to make sure that if it was something she wanted to watch with me, she totally could. Uh -huh. And she said... No, not really. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and why did she say that? Because she was bored during Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. During that movie, she turned to me a couple of times and said, so is, is this what's going to happen the rest of the movie? Because the as for those that are listeners that haven't seen this movie, Bill and Ted take a phone booth. This is extremely a uh, crash course uh, plot. They yeah. take a phone booth to the past to bring historical figures back to the present to help them with their report. <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. Fair enough. That's pretty, that's like the most simplest definition of, of the plot. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be some hijinks along the way. There's going to be some complications. 
some obstacles to overcome, if you will. But generally, <laughs> yes, that's what's going to happen. And she was like, okay. All right. <laughs> so she did not have any interest in watching Bogus Journey, but I watched it and um, I have some thoughts. Well, we'll on get both to that movies. in a sec. Yeah, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. First, I want, we'll take a little bit of time to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, yes. I did not get a chance to rewatch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but I've seen it hundreds of times, so I'm not unfamiliar with the movie. I did watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey last night. So I, I have a fresh imprint of that movie in my brain. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a second. Let me hit you with some Bill and Ted facts, Shaf. As you know, I like to do whenever we talk about a, a movie of yore. So Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Shaf, was released February 17th, 1989. We were wee children. Uh, let me tell you what this movie opened against, because I always find it interesting what other movies open the same day as a particular movie. So Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure opened up against uh, the sequel to The Fly, aptly called The Fly 2. Major League, Shaw. A classic. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. I love Major League, man. I like Major League 2 a little bit better, but I like Major League. And The Burbs, a Tom Hanks classic, Shaw. I've seen The Burbs. I've seen The Burbs. Uh, have you seen Major League? Parts of it. Oh, Shaw, we got a movie Shaw missed, sports edition, Major League. I have League. seen The Fly, too. <laughs> Did you see Major League 3, <laughs> Back seen... to the Miners? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've seen all of those, like, movies, bits and pieces. You're like, I've I don't seen know them. Why I've only seen bits and pieces. <laughs> I've seen them. On the shelf at Blockbuster when Blockbuster was open. I saw him there. Uh, so according to Box Office Mojo, Shaw, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure made a cool $6 million, well, a little over $6 million on its opening weekend, earning a gross of $40 million. Uh, it says total, uh, total gross was a little over $40 million, but Box Office Mojo didn't actually have a number for international which is weird. I've never seen them not have an international number for a movie before. So either that leads me to the conclusion that, A, this movie didn't release overseas, or B, they just didn't have the numbers for the international release. So we'll just uh, we'll take that as whatever it is. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, Shaf, gives Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a 75, or excuse me, an 80%. On Rotten Tomatoes, but it has a 75 viewer rating score. So it's, it's sitting oh. pretty good yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, uh, the main focus here is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But since you did just watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with SSG, uh, and I know you've seen it before, but just at, overall as a whole, how, how, do you like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? like, Or do you think it's boring like SSG thought? <laughs> um kind of somewhere in between okay. i've always liked the movie i think what i like mo most is just the concept of the movie i like the fact that they take a time machine to the past to visit historical periods of time and talk to characters from that time frame bring them back and and have them help them out with a project i just i love time travel movies so this movie will never be something i like absolutely despise but i do find that the pacing of it it, it can be a little slow at times. It, and I, f I feel like that's something where these two movies are different. Excellent adventure and Bogus Journey, different. the pacing is very different. Uh, 
And so I think Excellent Adventure is fun and a classic, but I do find it to be just decent. Okay, that's fair. Like, I, I don't dislike Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I I don't want to say it's a one-note movie, but SSG does have a point. It's pretty much they need to, to pass their history final. Otherwise, they'll never become the greatest fan in the world and save the, the universe. <laughs> um, it does have funny moments, like Socrates. You like Socrates. Um, I like George Carlin in the movie. Genghis Khan, Billy the Kid. Uh, the actor who plays Billy the Kid in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't know the name of the actor, and I'm not going to look it up, but he reminds me so much of Jim Varney, Ernest. Oh. <laughs> That I remember when I was younger, like younger around the age I was when the movie came out, I thought it was Ernest. I was like, he's in another movie? Actors can be in more than one? (laughs) Uh, But I had that shattered uh, years later, of course. So Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, it's it's all right. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, But let's get into Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Well, real quick, before we go on to Bogus Journey, I want to say this much. Okay. When you think about Excellent Adventure and you really unwrap the plot, it's kind of a unique time travel movie. It takes a lot of shortcuts uh, with time travel. Like one of my favorite parts about the movie is that there'll be moments where the main characters need to do something. Mm -hmm. But rather than show them going back in time to go through those steps and set things up for themselves, Uh they just say, oh, well, we'll just... After the project, we'll just go back in time and we'll place the things here so that they're here for us when we need them right now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so it's the easiest like backdoor way to have your plot work for you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I love that part of it. But when you think about it this way, the movie opens in the future, right? And we're we're met with Rufus, played by George Carlin, played awesomely by George mm-hmm. Carlin. I love Rufus. Um and we know that the, in the future, these two are the great ones. Uh, Bill and Ted are like basically humanity's saviors. Uh, and um, the world is a much better place because of their music. But in order for this to happen, they have to not fail out of school, right? Mm-hmm. But the only way they don't fail out of school is if they do well on this report, which requires them to go back in time. Mm -hmm. But in order to go back in time, they need a time machine. But the only reason why they get a time machine is because in the future, a time machine is provided to them by Rufus and the future population of the Earth who know Bill and Ted as these heroes, which... That requires so in order. <laughs> you see what I it's mean? It's a like, universe where Bill and Ted are already the heroes, but presumably there was a universe where Bill and Ted failed and didn't become heroes. So the universe where they are heroes, they need to send a time machine back in time to ensure that they do what they're supposed to do, even though they're already in the future where they're heroes. No. Oh, so you're saying this is a multiverse situation? I don't think so. <laughs> you're trying to justify it. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, well, it, it it's funny. It's really, like, wonky. You're right. And I have some some things about time travel <laughs> in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey where I was like, I don't think time travel works this way. But <laughs> Well, yeah, because if they need the, the, the phone booth, 
to become heroes, then it already happened. So and the very fact that the movie opens with them as heroes means that the movie will end with them succeeding. But so yeah, it kind if of they're already heroes in this universe. Why are you sending back the time machine to make sure that they they become heroes? It's it's right, a, exactly. It's a lot. It's you're not it supposed to think itself. about it. Okay, right. <laughs> I think is what what the real <laughs> scenario is here. You're not really supposed to think about the Bill and Ted. That's why they didn't mention Bill and Ted's bogus journey, or excuse me, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure in Avengers Endgame when they were <laughs> like going off time travel. Like they mentioned it briefly, I think, but they didn't really elaborate on Bill and Ted. They focused on the <laughs> superior time travel movie, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. True. So, okay, that's Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. But like I said... We're not focusing on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We're talking about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the movie Shoff missed. So before I get into this, I'm just going to hit you with a few more details about Bill and Ted. So Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was released on July 19th, Shoff, 1991. It opened against Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Double Impact, and Boys in the Hood. What a good <laughs> opening weekend that would have been. You imagine wow. you were alive in 1991, which you were. <laughs> imagine being alive when you were already alive I'm, I, I'm doing a good job imagining that I think I have distinct memories from that hold on I actually like that phrase imagine I'm just writing it down <laughs> being alive being alive when <laughs> you were alive I like that alive. that's funny to me I don't know why that phrase is really funny to me um, but that was a good a good opening weekend I think it made 10 million bucks uh, it's opening weekend 38 million in total uh, again according to box office mojo no international release or uh, they just don't have the numbers um, it was also against a budget of 20 million and I forgot to mention previously for the Bill and Ted's excellent adventure it was made for 10 million dollars um, it has a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, according to critics, this movie is inferior compared to the first one and same to the, the average audience score at 56 audience rating. Um, but we don't care about that. No, what I don't. care about, Shaf, I just want a simple yes or no for this. I'm going to ask you a question. Is Bill and okay. Ted's bogus journey better than Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like I said last week. Is it? Absolutely, yes. Yes, it is. It has been decided. <laughs> There's no debate on this. Bill it is and a Ted, far superior sequel. Yes, it is a superior sequel by <laughs> far. I was, I worked yesterday. I had a very busy day at work. I didn't finish my work, like I said earlier in the podcast, until 8.30 at night, having started my work at 8 a.m. Um, my wife was on the couch watching TV. Uh, oh gosh, I forget what show she's watching. One, one of these new shows. Anyways, I sit down next to her, try to get some quality time in because we haven't really seen each other all day, but I put the laptop on my lap, plug in my earbuds and I'm watching Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And I laugh out loud almost immediately, several times. And the, the story for this movie is such a wild departure oh, from yeah. the previous movie. This is like off the rails <laughs> in terms of like what's happening in this movie. And I love it so much. They just come up, whatever dumb ideas they thought, they're like, put it in, put it in. I love it. 
And surprisingly, not only that, but it looks like it looks like they're enjoying themselves more too. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Both Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex Alex Winters. Alex Winters. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, They both look like they are having a blast as evil Bill and Ted. Yes. Yes. And one thing I forgot, I was, I knew about this in hindsight, but I just, it's been a little bit since I've watched Bill and Ted's bogus journey, but man, they play real fast and loose with the F word in this. Are you talking about the homophobic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not cool. Not a cool word. I mean, I get, I, I understand it's a product of its time, but man, it was just surprising. I was like, Oh man, they're just letting this one, this one fly like three times in the, in the movie. So they do it in excellent adventure once as well. Yeah, they do. They and do. I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, wow, they went, they went there. It was so yeah. nonchalant. And so like, and you know that at that time it probably got a massive amount of laughter. Oh yeah. Like, probably at that time. But for us now, we are clearly, uh, you know, mature individuals yeah, who recognize the what's right and what's wrong. And you're absolutely right. The homophobia present in this movie is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's not really the focus of the no. movie, but there's two or three times where the, they just, again, they just sort of fly fast and loose with no, no break. Um, so that's really my only real criticism of the movie that doesn't hold up. Uh, but outside of that, I love this movie. I love it. I love it. So let's uh, let's do a real quick plot breakdown, and then we'll get into the movie. So Bill and Ted. This is a tough one to break down. Uh, I'm going to break it down. It's all over the place. Bill and Ted uh, ha- passed their history exam. Uh, they're, they're riding high, but they, they haven't really made much of themselves yet. They're, they're out of high school. I'm assuming since high school is never really mentioned in this movie. Um, they have saved the babes from the previous movie and they are their girlfriends now. So they're living life. Uh, they decide they got their own apartment. Yeah. They got their own apartment. Uh, the babes are not living with them because they are most chaste. Most chaste babes. <laughs> uh, see, <laughs> Before I move on, I really think SSG, your girl, I forgot the new nickname. Uh, Sarah G. Wiz. Sarah G. Wiz. I'll remember it. I really think she would have liked this. <laughs> but, because it's nothing like the first movie. Okay, anyway. Um, but they're sort of stuck. They're not They're not really advancing in life. They have it, they're still not very good at guitar. They haven't come up with the greatest song in the world. They haven't saved humanity. They're just sort of living their teenage lives. So what do they do? They decide to ask their babes to marry them. They get engaged. And then, well, they uh, enter the Battle of the Bands. But not before, well, excuse me, they enter the Battle of the Bands to essentially make a name for themselves, win some money. Uh, Ted needs to pay his dad back. He needs, <laughs> needs some stuff. And they need to avoid being shipped off to military academy. Okay, but not before uh, the the time traveling aspect from the future. Actually, this movie is so far at, all over the place. I thought it would be easy to describe. All right. Okay, t- forget it. Let's I'll, just I'll talk about some. the movie. <laughs> tag me in. Tag me. Tag. Okay, I'm tagging Shaf in to finish just just a brief summary of what's going on in the movie. Go. Okay, so, um, so the much. the movie opens 
in the future. Yeah. All right. So uh, we are met with the character Denomalos. Denomalos. Denomalos, which is actually, uh, by the way, trivial information, but important nonetheless. Denomalos is, if you... Uh, uh, if you read it the other way around, so it's, it's actually backwards for Ed Solomon, who is one of the film's uh, screenwriters. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a little fact. A little, yeah. I like it. I like it. So Denomalos is not too happy with the future as it is right now. He cannot stand Bill and or Ted. He wishes that they had not done what they did and turned the society uh, into this music-loving, uh, slacker-loving thing. So he wants to change uh, the game. He wants to go back in time and he wants to prevent Bill and Ted from ever winning the Battle of the Bands yes. and therefore uh, changing uh, the life as we know it. Okay. So what he does is he institutes a coup uh, and send, and creates an evil robot version of Bill and Ted yep. and sends them back to San Dimas 1991 and uh basically their their mission is to destroy and literally kill bill and ted yes okay i want to pause right here okay this is where i what i mentioned before where the how they're they're uh they're playing fast and loose with certain things that they say in the movie they're also playing real fast and loose in my opinion on how time travel works yes so he says Bill and Ted have reached a crucial turning point in their timeline. They've they've reached a crucial turning point in their timeline and we must stop them. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are years into the future and they just reached a crucial turning point and they <laughs> that no, that's not how it works. They're, the the timeline of Bill and Ted is not parallel to the timeline in the future. So why would you... You could have just gone back in time and uh, stopped them from being born. Um, <laughs> got them into got a better school and maybe made them smart. And just like totally off, offset their, their history. But he's like, no. They just past their history exam oh my god i better send this guy back in time or these robots back in time i was like that's not how it works well you bring up a really good point and this is something that's present in uh excellent adventure when uh uh ted forgets to wind his watch right uh that san Dimas time is always running whereas they can go back to the past to whatever moment in time they want to but no matter what they still only have this many hours before they have to deliver their project. And that is completely bonkers if you have a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason why San Dimas should continue its timeline if you have effectively moved backward in time. You can choose to come back whenever you want to. So they did that because they had to create some kind of a deadline. They need time stakes. Constraint. Yeah, they had to create some stakes. And so I think that's the same thing here. They had to create some danger... Uh, uh, present in them achieving their ultimate goal, which is to create this utopian society. And, so. and shout out to the costume designer for the future. <laughs> it's all neon colors. It's all foam outfits. <laughs> like if uh, you're in any of these outfits, of, 
and you fell into These a are lake. All part of like wetsuit gear. It's all. It's all like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was saying if you if you were wearing any of this and you fell into a lake, you'd be just fine. <laughs> you fell off a boat somewhere, <laughs> you'd be a okay. You'd be looking sharp too. There's no way other boats wouldn't miss you. You're in the bright neon pink. They're wearing these like big old like Kingdom Hearts style boots too. Yeah, <laughs> just giant shoes. So <laughs> let's just continue on with the movie. So part before Evil Bill and Ted show up, there's just a couple of things that I really that really made me laugh out loud. Like the when they're at they're at a party or a family gathering, and Bill and Ted are there. Their girlfriends are there, and they see <laughs> Ted's oh, dad. Yes. <laughs> making out yes. with Bill's ex stepmom, it's like, <laughs> like it's just so funny to me. <laughs> Those jokes are so funny, and and when Bill will be like, "Shut up, Ted!" Like anytime anybody even manages to mention it, like it's just so funny to me because they're overacting well, they're at, so they're hard. They're at the princess's five hundred and twenty first birthday, or yeah, something, it's something like, that. like that. Um, yeah. And I, I love I love this, and I like. Well, I was gonna say I like how their dads are in the movie, but that's later in the movie. Um, we'll get to that in a sec. So you're right, evil Bill and Ted, evil robot Bill and Ted, show up. I love these scenes where they're interacting with each other, especially when they open the door to evil Bill and Ted, and they're just like, "How's it going, Bill and Ted?" <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they just call each other Bill and Ted. <laughs> like, it's just so funny to me. <laughs> I love it. Um, and Keanu Reeves going, I don't know if I trust these guys. <laughs> I got a bad feeling. and I got a weird feeling. But, like, if we, if we hadn't trusted each other in the past, would we have met the babes or had an excellent adventure through time? <laughs> like how many and then they test each other how many fingers am i about to hold up three whoa <laughs> like i just the way they interact with each other like i really i really thought was funny oh yeah the 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 scenes between the four of them or the two of them is hilarious i love it um when the evil bill and ted see the picture of the princesses that's like inside their uh bill and ted's apartment i laughed out loud because um Evil Ted says, I've got a full-on robot evil chubby. <laughs> I got a full-on robot chubby. <laughs> I was like, and he referred as an evil chubby too. I was like, oh my God. This is this is hilarious writing. <laughs> I died. I was like, I, I wrote that down. I was like, I've got to write. I this forget. I got like two notes. Like, and that's the only it's like one or I two wish notes. I could live vicariously through you. I mean, I am right now, but I wish I could experience it the same way you experience it, where you're watching it for the first time. Because it's so good. It's such a funny movie. Um so Bill and Ted, evil Bill and Ted from the future, convince Bill and Ted that they need to come with them so that they can save the babes. Uh, okay, great. So they get into evil Bill and Ted's van and they are driven to the same location where that famous Star Trek episode, uh, don't ask me what it's called, so it might not be that famous. But you've look seen it, it. The one uh, with the, the gigantic rocks and he's fighting uh, an alien in a lizard costume. Ca Captain Kirk is fighting an alien in a lizard costume. And they're they're dragged out to the middle of nowhere at this location site by evil Bill and Ted. 
who are being very mean to them out of nowhere. Uh, it's called Vasquez Rocks. Vasquez Rocks. See, I knew I could it's count located on you. in Escondido Canyon. Ooh. <laughs> but I love, I love when. Bill and Ted are in the back of Evil Bill and Ted's van, and they're like, hey, can we get some air conditioning back here? Shut up, Ted. <laughs> wow, Evil, <laughs> Evil, you's kind of a jerk. Yeah, I got to remember to be more considerate to myself when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> Even just remembering it is making me laugh. Um, but they get, they get taken to this remote, lo- remote location, Evil Bill and Ted haul them up to the top of a mountain to say, we're totally going to kill you now. Yeah, and we want to, too. And one of my favorite lines, the way it's delivered in this whole movie, is Bill yelling at Evil Bill, going, you dick, Bill! (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'm not doing any of it That's right where the F-bomb happens, too. Oh, man. Uh, He's like, but we love you. Oh yeah, so they're they're being held over the edge of a cliff, and they're trying to like talk their way out of it. And they say, we we love you, and that's yeah, something something not so PC happens. No, Um, but then Bill and Ted get thrown off a mountain by evil Bill and Ted and die. Catch you later, Bill and Ted. (laughs) And then to add insult to injury. Evil robot Bill and Ted, Hakalugis <laughs> on dead Bill and Ted, and it's the it's, they even they even wait the length of time that the loogie takes to hit yeah, the they, ground. I loved such, it. They really draw out that joke. They're like yeah. they spit, and then there's at least a good fifteen seconds of them just watch like watching the spitball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I nailed him. <laughs> so funny to me. Um, and then cut to Bill and Ted. Waking up on the ground and looking back at their dead bodies. We're dead, dude. And who should they run into in the distance? Death himself. A great character in this movie. Oh, yeah. Death rules. All right. I've been talking a lot about Bill and Ted. Let's let the newbie talk a little bit more. What happens next, Sean? Okay, so then uh, the Grim Reaper appears, uh, played by William Sadler, and he he's excellent. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he lets Bill and Ted know that pretty much uh, they got to come with him. It's uh, time for them to go. And they're like, no, no, no. Is there a way that we can come back alive? Is there something we can do? And he's like, you'd have to beat me in a game. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you we can do that. Beat or beat me in a contest. In, exactly. And... Uh, they could do that, or they decide to do something a little different. They decide they're going to run away from uh, death as as fast as they can. But before they do that, they gotta they gotta distract him. So they tell him his shoes are untied. He looks. He's like, "Oh, thank you very much." He looks <laughs> down to go tie his shoes, and they straight up Melvin his ass. Yeah. Now, can I tell you something, uh, Wonder Rob? Yeah. I did not know that was called a Melvin. I've always known that as a wedgie. Melvin. <laughs> what is I'm, I'm looking it up. Melvin Wedgie. What's the difference between the two? If there is yeah. a difference. Oh, here we go. A Melvin is a variant where the victim's underwear is pulled up from the front to cause injury or at least severe pain to the victim's genitals. They didn't pull the it from the front. Variant, it wasn't from the front front though, it was from the back. So it's 
See, the female variant is sometimes called a Minerva, oh, no. and the atomic wedgie entails hoisting the waistband of the receiver's underwear up over their heads. Okay, so it wasn't a full-on atomic wedgie, but it was definitely a wedgie and not a Melvin. Oh, man. All right. Good to know. I never knew the difference. I would just assume they were the same thing. Uh, okay, we're running out of time, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go through Bill and Ted's bogus journey. So they get away from death, and then we get a, a few different scenes of them trying to uh, break through to the the living from the dead. Uh, first and foremost is that they go to their, they go to Ted's dad's precinct. Uh, to try yes. to possess Ted's dad to tell him that they have been killed and that they need to save the babes. And I really want to point out this scene. It's so <laughs> funny to me. I know I've said that a hundred times, but it's so funny to me when when Ted <laughs> possesses his dad. <laughs> okay, dudes, <laughs> the princesses have been kidnapped. <laughs> Just Kudos to that actor. Yes, he really nailed it. Because he did a spot-on impression of Keanu Reeves. His <laughs> mannerisms. And then Ted, or excuse me, Bill, <laughs> possesses his partner. He's like, I totally believe you, dude. <laughs> donuts! <laughs> they get distracted by donuts. Oh, it's so good. So the That's... hijinks ensues. That doesn't work. So they go to Bill's uh, stepmom, or Ted's new stepmom, to who's nope, Bill's no yeah you're right Ted's new stepmom uh who's was Bill's old stepmom who coincidentally is holding a seance uh where they're trying to meet dead dead celebrities and shout out to the the guy in the group who wanted to meet Clark Gable uh Clark <laughs> Gable by the way the two guys that are in that group are the screenwriters one of them is Ed Sol- uh, Solomon the other one is somebody Madison I can't think nice of kudos on the uh <laughs> on the facts shop thank uh, you so they they take over the the seance, which has never worked in the past, but they, they manage to break through, cause some wind, cause some, some rustling of everybody's hair and papers, and say, Bill and Ted have been killed. We need to save the babes. <laughs> but of course, that freaks everybody out, and immediately, Bill's, I mean, Ted's new stepmom, pulls out the book that has this, the secret chance to take these evil demons that uh, have... Uh, uh, made their presence known to them and send them straight back to hell. Which means Bill and Ted were sent straight back to hell. <laughs> and this is one of the highlights of the movie to me, is their experience in hell. They immediately meet the devil <laughs> and say, can we get out of here? <laughs> to which the devil, like, quote unquote, lets them go. Like, you know, you're not a bad guy, devil. You got a bad rap on earth. <laughs> but they are placed into a maze of their worst nightmares. I'll let you take it from here, Shaf. Okay, so uh, they go into a, uh, this maze has a bunch of doors to a bunch of different rooms. They go into one room together and they find uh, they're sort of, uh, by the way, the the architecture of all of these rooms is pretty amazing. You can really tell they definitely spent another 10 million on the budget because it shows. This movie definitely looks more polished. It's got some unique sets. The special effects are better. A lot better. Uh, the costume designs, all that stuff is better. They definitely put the money where it needed to be. 
Um, but these sets are very abstract, but you can tell that they're in sort of like a barracks and who comes running up towards them. None other than, uh, Sergeant Oates, who has been trying to get Ted to sign up for a uh, military Academy in Alaska. And, uh, he's there to now get both Bill and Ted, uh, enlisted. And he starts to make them do push-ups, and he's calling them like, uh, prissy pansy like <laughs> fluffy girls and stuff he's he says like, drop and give me infinity <laughs> no way i can do infinity push-ups <laughs> one thing i like is ted says he's like do you think he'll mind if we do him girly style <laughs> <laughs> i love that uh, so they uh escape the clutches of sergeant oats they leave that room and then they decide it's better if we split up. They both go into separate rooms. Uh, and Bill uh, goes into a room and finds that there is a, a, a birthday party going on. And every, they're all singing to someone who turns out to be Grandma Preston, uh, who's pretty dang old and pretty dang gross. <laughs> uh, she's got these disgusting teeth all sorts of gross stuff inside she's got hairs coming out of her upper lip so she's got straight on like old lady mustache happening played by alex uh, winters yes played by alex winters same guy who plays bill that's right uh and and uh grandma preston is trying to get a kiss kiss. from uh, young bill (laughs) and uh it's pretty gross and that's his that's his personal hell meanwhile ted's personal hell he goes into a, a separate room and it's completely pink Whereas the uh, Bill's room was completely blue and inside uh, um, Ted's personal hell, there's this bunny rabbit because Ted, (laughs) this is the dumbest personal hell. (laughs) (laughs) Ted ate his younger brother's Easter basket candy. And now the Easter bunny is, is after him. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) as <laughs> trying to get revenge this basically for doing that bunny. to his younger brother. I just think that like of all the things to be in someone's personal hell, like that's a really funny thing <laughs> that Ted fears the most is the Easter bunny <laughs> is the one time he stole his brother's candy. <laughs> so dumb. So uh, it ends up being a situation where they both leave their rooms cause they're freaked out. And then they see coming down the hallway, Sergeant Oates in one direction. You've got Grandma Preston in the other direction. And then you've got the Easter Bunny in the other direction. They've got nowhere to go. They are totally outnumbered and and time is running out. They are about to get swallowed up by their own personal hell. What do they do? They call upon death to, to make a gamble, to play a game, to get their freedom back, to return to their bodies. Wonder Robert. <laughs> so they immediately challenge death to a game of Battleship, <clears throat> <laughs> which I really uh, love the delivery of the line from death where he goes, you have sunk my battleship. <laughs> they, they beat death in a battleship when death was touting that nobody ever wins against him in anything. But kudos to Bill and Ted for beating death in battleship. But uh, death is a sore loser. He says the best, at th- best two out of three. Best two out of three. And Bill and Ted are not uh, very pleased with this, but of course they, they go along with it. And then it cuts to them playing Clue. I believe it was Colonel Clink. <laughs> Colonel Mustard no, Cur- in the... <laughs> oh yeah, Colonel Mustard with the candlestick. <laughs> Wrong dude, it was Professor Plum. Colonel Clink. By the way, they're not even playing Clue right. 
the opponents do not go and reach into the manila envelope and pull out to see if the person who guessed it is correct. It's the person who guessed it would go in, pull it out, because if they're wrong, they're out of the game. Maybe neither so. of them know how to play it. <laughs> and they're just like assuming, okay, well, let's just figure it out. Um, of course, Death isn't happy with that, so it goes to a third challenge where they're playing Twister, and Death is not as flexible as he looks, and he loses Twister and begrudgingly agrees to let them go, let them back to the world of living, but not before they find the greatest mind to help them destroy evil Bill and Ted. So, death takes them to heaven, where all the good people are. Interesting interpretation of heaven. Totally. Uh, Obviously, it's all white. Everybody's in pastels. They have to... (laughs) They have to pass a a question to get into heaven, which is what is the meaning of life? And all they do is quote classic rock and roll songs, but it gets them in and they make their way to the greatest mind in all existence, which uh, turns out to be the greatest minds Mm -hmm. in all existence. Uh, Two little short and stout aliens named Station who only say Station. (laughs) <laughs> Station! 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 <laughs> um, they would have a unique podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it, would, it, would, podcast. it would be pretty good. Station, and, Station. and that's how you say good job to them. You just go Station at yeah. them. By the way, time out real quick. This movie... It, this is probably like 30 minutes left in the film when they meet Station for the first time. And... Throughout this movie, in any of the future scenes, there's a lot of moments where they say station, they say but station they never explain other. it. Like, and it is a little bit jarring to the audience because, I mean, I've seen those scenes with station before. When I told you I've only seen like bits and pieces, I knew about station. I've seen some of the scenes with station before. So I knew what they were talking about, but in the context of what they were saying in those future moments, I was like, what is going on here? They just keep saying station. Yeah. It's like, so it becomes vernacular in the future, but there's no explanation for an hour and like 30 minute movie for a full hour. There's no explanation (laughs) as to why they've been saying station. (laughs) I just think that's kind of funny to me. It's good. It's a nice, it's a little payoff. It's a nice little payoff. Yeah, it is. Um, So they get the two greatest minds station and death brings them back to the world of the living. And they immediately go to the home Depot (laughs) (laughs) and start picking up all sorts of knickknack garbage, whatever. Meanwhile, evil Bill and Ted, who we haven't talked about have ruined Bill and Ted's lives. They have uh, severed their relationship with the babes. Uh, They kidnapped the babes and plan on killing them at the battle of the Vans concert. So, back to Good Bill and Ted and Station. So they they scoured the Home Depot. They bought all sorts of knickknacks and paddywax and give a dog a bones. And now they have all this junk. And Station is going to help them build good Robot Bill and Ted to combat evil Robot Bill and Ted. But not before, for some reason, unexplained, Station number one and station number two need to join forces <laughs> to, to, to make the ultimate station, which they do by standing at opposite ends of a parking lot, running into each other at full speed, turning into a blob uh, of goop 
and then forming into an eight foot tall station. Station. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> so, eight foot tall station who has a, an, a a massive, excellent alien butt. They make sure to get a good shot of it. Oh yeah, and to, to compliment him on it, and he gives like a little thumbs up. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Builds good robot Bill and Ted, which might be my favorite part of the whole movie. I love good robot Bill and Ted so much because they're so <laughs> haphazardly thrown together. They're so '80s or late '80s, early '90s, or they have that voice like "Party on, good Bill and Ted." Right. Oh yeah. And their 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 movements very like. Somebody on a boardwalk pretending to be a robot, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like a busker. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, they charge into the Battle of the Bands where evil Bill and Dead meet good Bill and Dead and good robot Bill and Dead. Uh, you totally killed us, you evil metal dickweeds. <laughs> where it leads to my favorite quote of the whole movie where he says, that's right, lesser-developed human prototype us's. <laughs> I love that line so much. <laughs> I'll let you take it from here, Shop. We're in the home stretch. Oh, okay. So um, so at this point, uh, the good Bill and Ted uh, robots charge at the evil Bill and Ted robots and make quick work of them. Quick punch work. Them in, punch them in the, uh, actually, straight-up uppercut, Heads flying right off the body. Uh, and then that's not enough. They have not enough to decapitate these these robots. No, they have to obliterate the bodies by punching them in the stomach. So the good robots uh, defeat the evil robots. And all seems well. All seems well. Except that another phone booth appears. And Denomalous... Denomalos or whatever his name is, um, appears and he is ready to finish what evil Bill and Ted have started. Um, he pulls out a gun on, uh, Bill and Ted and is ready to put an end to them. Now, um, I'm getting a little bit fuzzy here, but it's okay. It went back into the time travel, <laughs> shenanigans, yes, the, easy the time travel shortcuts. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they and to defeat this person, they uh, basically say that, you know what? After this, we'll go back and we will put a sandbag above uh, this dude's head. So it'll fall on his head. Oh, I'm sorry. So it'll fall and it'll hit his gun out of his hand. And then we will have also a cage right above him and that will land on him. And he will be now in like his own little jail cell. But then the evil dude is like, hey. I can do this too. Uh, it, what I'll do is I'll go and I'll get a key so I can open up the jail cell and I'll give myself another gun. So he does that and they're like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? But guess what? Bill and Ted figured that that was going to happen. So they switched out his gun with a fake gun that has a little flag that shoots out when he tries to fire that says wild stallions. And, um, uh, and the key was also part of the whole gimmick. So they effectively uh, stop him and then the police arrest him. He gets sent to prison and um, 
Uh, fast forward to the credits, we find out that this guy ends up hooking up with, uh, <laughs> with both Bill and Ted's ex-mother-in-law, or no, ex-mother or whatever, ex-stepmom or whatever, yeah. uh, Missy. <laughs> so she definitely likes the older men. That's, uh, that's her thing. Um, and then Bill and Ted realize that they uh, are at the Battle of the Bands and they don't really know how to play. So, oh, you know, I forgot a very important piece of information. Um, the evil dude shoots all of the video cameras so that he can collectively get all satellites to display the same video feed because he's about to take over the world. But what he actually does is provides a perfect venue so that everyone in the planet can hear Bill and Ted's music for the first time, effectively making them these rock gods. So uh, they decide they're going to use the time machine one more time to go uh, uh, and give themselves more time to learn how to become rock gods and play the guitars really, really well. And then they come back and they look like ZZ Top and then they uh, perform the final number and effectively win Battle of the Bands. Yep. Saving the day. They saved the day. And that's Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Wow, this episode turned into a doozy. It sure did. <laughs> was this two hours we've been talking? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's just what happens when you talk Bill and Ted's bogus journey. So uh, let's uh, do some quick wrap-up thoughts. Because uh, we've, we've been pushing the envelope in terms of length in this episode. But uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, fi- final thoughts. You love it. You love this movie. Is that safe this to movie say? is great. I, I was pl- really pleasantly surprised. I was like, I can't believe how much I'm liking this. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was so worth it. I'm so glad that we decided to watch this movie because I have been missing out. It's a good one, man. And it really makes me excited for the direction that they take in part three. Because this one was so wildly different from part two. So I'm really curious what they're going to do with part three. Agreed. Oh, by the way, this is something kind of interesting. So we know that part three is going to feature their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, both of them have daughters, which they name uh, the reverse. So uh, Bill has a daughter named Ted something. Um, and then Ted has a daughter named Bill something. Um, it, there were some people online who were kind of upset that the decision was made that they would have daughters and not sons. Mm-hmm. But really, when you look at the credits the person who played little Ted and little bill in bill and Ted's bogus journey, they're both girls, Candace and Lauren Mead. So they were girls all along. They just named their children. Bill and Ted. Yeah. So, so I thought that was kind of funny. Good to know. Oh man. Woo. Oh man. I'm going to, I need a break after this. This, this bill and Ted uh, talk has got me hungry shop. So I think I'm going to call it. This is another episode of geek. So to speak podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. All your support means a lot to us. So thank you. Thank you. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button so you can get fresh geek content every week in your uh, podcast stream, whatever platform you choose. Uh, if you're looking to follow us as individuals on the, uh, uh, oh man, I almost had a stroke just now. If you're looking to follow us as individuals on social media, you can find my best friend Shaf on Facebook and Instagram at Shaf V O. That's S H O F F V as in voice O as in over. You can find me. 
your best friend, Wonder Rob, on Twitter and Instagram at Wonder Rob. That's W O N D E R R O B. We will be back at you next week with more fresh geek taunt. Oh, man, it has been two hours. It has been two hours, Sean. <laughs> I can't finish it. You finish it. All right. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Wonder Rob. That's right. Uh, do not forget to subscribe. Do not forget to rate and review. We will see you next week. We've got some exciting news related to the PS5 reveals, which will hopefully take place next Wednesday, so we will report it next week. Same geek time. Same geek channel. We'll see you later, everybody. Bye. I love you. Wash your hands. You guys are fucking lame.
little dickweed. That's right. Lesser developed human prototype buses and skills. <laughs> Most important, the 